Welcome everybody to a very new and uh, exciting adventure that a lot of us are going on. Uh, we are we're calling ourselves the Review Crew, and we're a new podcast that we're creating with some of us to discuss something that's kind of important to a lot of us, something that we all love, whether it be superheroes, new movies, um, things that are hot, or just talking about comics. Uh, some of a lot of these guys that are going to be on this podcast that you're going to get a chance to meet um, and kind of just hear their thoughts on a lot of these different topics, movies, TV shows, uh, all types of different cinema, um, and we'll get to just hear how they feel about certain projects, some things that maybe might be controversial, um, debating some some fun different topics. The way this podcast is going to be set up, it's going to be a kind of a discussion, but also, um, you know, we're all very enthusiastic people, so we like to offer our opinions, uh, maybe even some debating, but it all be in a fun you know, banter type way. We don't want to, uh, not trying to offend each other, but you know, it's okay to get under, under each other's skin sometimes. But, uh, the goal of this obviously is for us to be consistent, um, to provide, you know, weekly content is the goal. Um, uh, but ultimately we're just here to have a good time. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we're going with the review crew. We're going to try to review as much as we can in terms of content right now. We're going to start with go in the direction of Marvel and kind of tackling the different projects. But our goal is to dive into a lot of different things. And ultimately this is going to be something that we want to hear from all those who are going to be watching, going to be a part of it. So as you can comment, discuss, if there are things that you're interested in hearing our thoughts on, please, we want you guys to be involved just as much as we are. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I'll kind of take it from here, but so the basically the goal, the vision of the show, like Christian said, um, you know, we're we're the review crew. We're going to do the MCU. So kind of what our idea is, uh, just to give you a quick background, is to take every MCU movie, starting with Iron Man this week, and kind of work through the theatrical release order of these movies talk about them discuss them recap them you know just our our general thoughts on the uh on the movie itself and kind of how it fits in not only as a solo movie but kind of into the larger puzzle of the mcu as we kind of go through this um but then kind of the fun part is that we're going to rank them against each other and build a collaborative ranking list on you know is iron man better than hulk is you know is avengers better than age of ultron and so on and that's where it gets really fun is that we get to have those discussions. And so that's kind of where uh, I think um, a lot of the fun is going to be had. Uh, but on top of that, we'll, we'll discuss the plot, the villains, uh, things of that nature, kind of just what makes the movie the movie itself um, and kind of just go from there. So, again, if you guys like the sound of that, please provide that feedback. Make sure that you, uh, you know, when, once we start putting this up on audio and video feeds, YouTube, you know, make sure that you uh, subscribe, like it, all of that different stuff. It would definitely mean a lot to us. This is a passion project. Um, but yeah, without further ado, I think we can kind of jump in. For sure. So, I mean, I guess we'll go ahead and jump in, man. Uh, Iron Man 1, I guess we'll just the uh, initial thoughts. You know, what, what, I guess before we give our rating, um, obviously, I think many of us have watched the movie. Obviously, you've probably watched it multiple times. And many of you watching have probably seen it. You know, the first MCU project, the first one that, you know, trying to kick off this new venture that they dove into. Um, I mean, what are your guys' initial thoughts? I have to say, real quick, just 
I, I just watched it again uh, a couple nights ago in preparation for the show. And uh, I still think this movie's underrated. I really do. It's it's done really well. I think Robert Downey Jr. Uh, kind of embodies if you and, and I don't know a ton about the comic side. I'll be honest, but knowing what I do know is that you know he was he has a big ego. He was an alcoholic in the comics, at least, and he was part of the Avengers, and he just walks around with that kind of like that swagger. Yeah, that obviously we are. <clears throat> so familiar with now but just seeing just going back to 2008 it's uh it was very i mean i think he nailed it i really do i think it you know i think this movie deserves a lot of credit i know i've said this before uh this movie deserves deserves a lot of credit for kicking off the mcu and just uh i think a big portion if not the majority of it can be attributed to his his absolute you know his performance i think was absolutely phenomenal yeah like you said like they they didn't have this bigger picture this they were taking a chance with this movie and taking a chance with robert downey jr this was his step back into fame like just like with iron man where or with tony stark like he gets captured uh, by the ten rings and He's in a cave, working from from step one, and that's exactly what Robert Downey Jr. was doing. John Favreau took a chance, and like like Josh said, amazing movie, and especially for a, an MCU movie being made back in two thousand and eight, yeah, it it deserves a lot more credit than it's getting. But I think part of what what a lot of people are seeing is they're comparing it to the current movies that have all these movies sitting behind them that paved the way to them. But you have to look at the stepping stones. And I think this, I, th I think Iron Man, I think it did a great job for the time that it was made. I definitely agree with that. I think that especially maybe for the first superhero, like intro film, Iron Man was probably the best. And I think they introduced him so well. And like how you were saying, Austin, to, to how even, you know, Robert Downey Jr., his recreation of himself into who he is now, they did that movie. He really was able to make Iron Man, Iron Man today. But back in 2008, nobody really even knew what superheroes were, unless you really did read the comics. You kind of knew what the X-Men were, but you didn't really know anything about it. And people, I think, uh, just think, oh yeah, it's what it is today, but you have to remember what it was, you know, what? 16 or 20, 20, you know, almost 20 years ago. That's what you right. have to look back. And I think that and how far it's come and how it has uh, had, you know, comic book people, but also people who didn't know about comics and just in every genre absolutely love these movies and how they've done them. Uh, I think they couldn't have done it, you know, any more better. Christian, what do you think? Oh, I, I agree. Um, I think in terms of the, the timeline, I mean, it came out in 2008, and the movie does look uh, fantastic. I mean, you can watch it now in 2022 or 2023 now. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, you, know, you can watch it today and still enjoy it and still get that good feel from the movie despite it, you know, it being, you know, what, 15, what it, 15 years ago that movie came out. So it is kind of crazy to think that 
you know you can go watch it the cg looks good the the acting's on point you know robert downey jr coming back into his first movie after so long from all the stuff that he was dealing with personally coming in and actually doing a really good performance um and I have my I have my thoughts towards the another direction, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But I also look too, you know, when you look at the box office for Iron Man, five hundred and eighty five million for like you said, Max, a superhero movie that in a time where, okay, we were starting to dive into this idea of superhero movies, you know, every obviously Batman had been around, you know, for so long. You know, you'd seen some Superman movies. But in terms of like the Marvel side you know, other than dabbling with the X-Men a little bit and all the animated series that you could go watch, there really wasn't a whole lot of, you know, specific, you know, Marvel-related on-movie, you know, content. And for it to do a half a billion, I mean, I think that's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. Let's not forget, though, let's not forget the uh, the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yeah, that, that's, true. That, that's true. That's true. That's you know, true. But, but, with, but that, the thing is, is that Spider-Man is such a... That's such a... Uh, a softball down the middle yeah in terms of like his popularity like that's gonna make money when you take because austin you kind of you said it earlier a little bit it's like when they were kicking off what now is the mcu they really didn't have a lot to go off of because sony still owns to this day they still own the rights the the movie rights to spider-man so that that was out of the question fox still owned x-men and fantastic four that was out of the question. So all the big hitters that they would normally gravitate towards to start a Marvel universe or even just to put out a movie was basically off limits to Marvel. So they self-financed. They started to dig a little deeper and that you'll see that with, you know, as we go through this with a lot of the phase one movies, they kind of went with what they had. Yeah. You know, they went with the Iron Man and you know, it's, it's kind of hard to look back now because it's all so mainstream, but you know, Iron Man wasn't big at that time. Captain America wasn't big. Thor wasn't yeah. big at those times. Um, so to take a relatively unknown character, especially in the mainstream, and then be able to make, you know, it was a $140 million budget with almost $600 million, yeah. uh box office, you know, to make five times your, your budget, uh, I think is is pretty impressive. Um, For sure. I think the, the movie's not perfect, no. I don't think. I, I think the third act really falls apart. Where uh, Obadiah Stane yeah. decides to, you know, because you see it like he he has a um, he's like a cunning businessman. He locks Tony out, you know. He, he files the injunction, gets him off the board, and then towards the end, he just turns into like this crazy like psychopath supervillain. Yeah, um, that kind of falls apart. Well, but, that uh, was going to be my next question. Know. Was I mean, in terms of the villain? Okay, obviously we talked about Robert Downey Jr. We all love him. He did a great job. In terms of the villain, do you think that they nailed nailed the head with? You know, with 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 the casting, with the performance, do you think they nailed it? I think Jeff Bridges did a good job. I think he plays a gritty enough character to to not only have on the on the beginning side of the movie where he's the ally, he's Tony's partner, um, he's a likable character, and I think he was gritty enough um, to fluidly have that flip. Yeah, like that flip to okay now I'm now I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Now you don't want to cross me. And you're you're standing against me. Okay, that's a mistake. But I I think I think for the time he did good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I agree cuz I mean, you definitely feel that in the beginning where like you know he is that 
almost kind of like that fill-in father, you know, for him. And like yeah, that, like, that, a, like a mentor type. Yeah, there. yeah, he's that mentor. He's on his shoulder. He's he stepped up when Tony was captured. You know, he stepped up in times when Tony was going on his little binges and doing more of the party scene. You know, mm-hmm. he was there to kind of run the business. You know, since he'd been there so long and helped his dad out and did all of those things in the in and previously. So I think. I think on that side, he did a good job. I do agree with you, Josh, what you said about the third act. You, you do begin to see that spiral, you know, begin to kind of fall apart. And yeah. it did seem like a very drastic change very yeah. quickly, you know? Well, he's like, you know, he, he goes and steals the suit from the from the Ten Rings. Yeah. You know, when he, he meets him in the middle. And then it's just from that point, like, he's, you know, he's blowing up these buses in the middle of L.A. And he's yeah. still talking about he's monologuing about how he's still going to control the company. I was like, it's it's over, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're done. Like, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, for again, for being 2008, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's forgivable, but it wasn't the third act for me wasn't great. And it was a fun action scene. I think at the end mm-hmm. of the day that you want to have some action. If it was just a savvy businessman, I don't think he's. It, that's just business, but you want to have, you know, two, you know, Iron Man and uh, uh, Obadiah saying, you know, fighting and stuff. I think that is fun, and I think that was entertaining. But on another thing, how you're saying the cast, you know, when they re uh, recasted uh, or Rhodey, mm-hmm. so do you think do you think they did the correct job? I think because I think Rhodey in the first movie he was okay, but I don't. I really enjoyed him as recasted and uh how he is now in the future yeah i mean i think it's something we can also talk about too when we get to like iron man 2 and we get to see that but i mean i think i i didn't hate his performance in 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 iron one i think honestly if we would have seen him more throughout i think we would have began to maybe respect it a little bit more or not not just respect it but begin to love him a little bit more but i think it's just because we just saw him in one project that like we're like oh we saw our other roadie like during the whole entire you know mcu we learned and fell in love with him i think it would have been the same i honestly think so if he had gotten more projects so i i agree i think that's a that's a future conversation for us to have once we once we get into iron man 2 Iron Man three, where we see more of the Don Cheadle roadie. Yeah. Um, now, let, let's have a discussion. Do you guys know why they recast Rhodey? Yeah, Josh and yeah. I talked about this the other day. But yeah, I mean, wanna, yeah, Austin, if you want to go ahead and explain it to clear. everybody, Josh. Oh, oh, you want me to? Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. So, so basically. Uh, when, uh, like you said, Robert Downey Jr. was only paid uh, five hundred thousand for his role in Iron Man. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, Terrence Howard, Ho- Howard was paid more because at that time he was a bigger star. And what happened was, is in the uh, basically in the fine print in the contract that if he was promised more money if Iron Man got turned into a franchise, which obviously it did. But what happened was, is that the uh, the executives at Marvel or whoever paramount distributed the, the pro, uh, project they uh they said that it was successful but it was more because of the performance of uh robert downey jr mm-hmm. and so that extra money that terrence howard thought he was going to get or that was promised actually uh he didn't get it and so he decided to back out of future projects and all that money went to to rdj 
and that's why they they put in Don Cheadle going forward. Um, but I will say though that he, I actually, I think, and it's hard to tell because we've only we only got like Christian said we only got to see him in one project, but I, mm. I think that Terrence Howard just kind of embodies that military type more than mm-hmm. Don Cheadle. He's kind of a bigger guy. He's a little stockier, just you know, f- you know, from a physical standpoint. You know, Don Cheadle's kind of a smaller guy, skinnier. Um, I-, I think it would have been very interesting to kind of see his own kind of progression in the yeah. role. Um, but with that, do you said, think? We, you know, go ahead. Do you think we would see a different um, roadie or a different, not to talk too much about it, but a different war machine going down the road? than what we saw with Don Cheadle's. I think absolutely. Because I think with Don Cheadle, I think that's why I think I like the chemistry more because how you were saying, Josh, it's the chemistry between uh, Terrence Howard and Robert Downey Jr. That roadie was more of a military guy. He was more, this is the law, this is the book, you know, <clears throat> just like that. So, you know, not to get into the future, but like how in Civil War, you know, how they had the courts, he would have been for that. And Robert Downey Jr. was kind of, but at the end of the day, he would have, you know, forced it, I think. And I think with Iron Man, his, how his character has grown, he was, you know, oh, I'm, you know, loose and goose, do whatever you want. But now he's like, oh, you have a responsibility. And I think with Rhodey, the Rhodey we normally see, you see him kind of being like that, you know, that good guy on the shoulder saying, hey, I'm with you. I'm going to support you. I, you know, this is what it is. But with the other roadie in the first movie, I think he's like, this is what you're doing. You have no say. You have to do it. Your commander officer says, I just think that you would have seen maybe kind of a more darker Iron Man or a more Iron Man going into a different direction because he had his best, you know, his best friend directing him towards this way instead of roadie kind of being helping. I think that's why I think Iron Man became so good towards the end of the you know he so selfless and i think that's that was just that friendship so that's interesting yeah i think about it that way good point awesome well i guess another conversation i mean what do you guys think because obviously this is the first time too we get to meet you know which we end up learning as tony stark's love interest but you know with 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 pepper i mean do you think obviously this is the first iron man so this first introduction of her do you think kind of same conversation? Good casting, good fit, um, and I'll take the lead first. But I, I think I think it was because I mean you kind of see that. I think they did a good job at kind of communicating that that tension between them. And it's like this, like you know, uh, you know when you're when you're playing with kids and you're playing you know, tug of war, you kind of feel that back and forth where it's like you know he's kind of toying with her, she's toying with him. You know this back and forth where. Hey, you know, you're just almost like, okay, when's it going to happen? You know, and, right. and, but I think they did a good job at dragging it out to make you really feel that. Cause even later mm-hmm. in the, uh, which we'll get to, but later in those other projects, that same little love banter that they had never stopped, mm-hmm. which I think right. was just so iconic for their relationship. Um, and I think it just, yeah, I think she did such a good job at embodying that character and, working so well with with rdj with his very unique acting style i think you know with this kind of like that ego driven kind of actor uh with way with what he had to do with tony stark i think that she did a good job at balancing that back and forth i agree 100 percent. 
Yeah. He, I mean, uh, go ahead, Austin. Go ahead. With uh, so with Pepper being Tony's assistant and her being a very attractive woman and Tony being who he is, being this playboy philanthropist, I I think I think the relationship between the two of them, no matter who you put in that role, is going to be that that flirty give and take. Yeah, like tug of war, like you said, and I think the chemistry between Gwyneth Paltrow and RDJ, I think it's on point for this character. For sure, and we just we just continue to see this every project that they're in together. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think it was really well done. Um, I like how at the end they don't they don't do this. I think until the s- end of the second one, I believe. Yeah. Um, but they don't even really like get together. Like even at the end of this movie, there's a there's clearly an attraction between the two. I mean, you know, uh, um, Tony, you know, makes that very well known throughout the movie. Yeah. And you know, Pepper is aware of it, obviously, and she's kind of flirty back, but she still tries to keep some professional professionalism. You know, uh, yeah. the best that she can, considering who she's working for. Yeah. Um. But I like how even at the end, you know, when right before the the last um, the last scene, you know, that uh, the press conference, which we'll get to because I want to talk about that, um, you know, she, you know, he's like, um, oh, I can't remember exactly how he, what he says, but he's like, you know, do you ever think about that night? And then she's like, you mean the night where we went dancing and then you got me a drink and then you left me by myself and didn't come back. You're talking about that night. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's great. Like she still is able to um, kind of punch back and, and get mm-hmm. keep that distance, at least for now. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the chemistry is, it was, it was very good. And going, going back on, onto what you said, where we don't, we don't see them really get together until later on in the, in the franchise. But I do like that. It's it's different from from other superhero movies. Like you you take like Spider Man, and he gets he gets the love at the by the end of the movie, and they have their right. ni- their nice kiss scene, and then they're together. I, I I like what they with what they did with Iron Man, where he doesn't get the love at the end of the movie. It's not that cheesy love interest type of thing. Same thing right. with what they did with, um, but like w- what they did with Obadiah, where he's it was the you have you have the partner turns bad. It was very cliche, or it was you could see it coming, yeah. and I like how they they didn't do that with the love interest side of it, and it kind of it fe- it feeds into the future. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh. What's gonna happen next with them? You don't find out in the same movie, and that's why, like, I think uh, someone we'll talk about later too in terms of other characters. But when you really think about foundations of like even the original mm-hmm. six, you know, the original six Avengers, when you think about foundations, I feel like Tony, you could almost say they did almost the best in terms of setting up the foundation and getting getting a lot of the backstory. You learn who they are without just jumping in you know, middle of, okay, now they already have their weapon or now they already have this, now they already have that. You know, obviously we, could, we can discuss that with other characters later, but you just see these things. And I just feel like, and just talking amongst ourselves right now, like you just hear all these foundational things, the love interest, you know, the mentor turned villain, you know, Tony himself 
started this way now we became this and obviously we know what happens at the end of it all but now you just think about the foundation of because obviously it was built by him you you think of that tiktok that people always show of uh that guy who goes into movie theaters and he's like you know tony stark built the mcu in a cave (laughs) yeah you think about that funny video and it's like but it's it's real it is real you know like you said earlier josh like he really did not just build just his first suit but he kind of built the MCU because it was, you know, a, a jump. It was a, it was a shot in the dark that, hey, is this going to work or not? You know, and he really did build it in a cave, and it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about. I, I was going to talk about real quick. I want to go over a scene that I actually two scenes, um, but the first one was I think the best scene, especially an action scene. I don't know what you guys think, but was when. Um, He's sitting in the basement, and he's he he has he has that uh, the newscast, and he they're talking about like the uh, Gomera, you know, yeah, where, he's where he tightening his, yeah, yes, and then he he jumps off and he you know he flies to Afghanistan, yeah, uh, which would take forever, by the way. I looked yeah. it up. It's like if you're going supersonic, you're in the air for like seven hours, just FYI. Wow. Um, wow. But uh, but yeah, so he lands. You know, he takes out the dudes, which was really cool with the targeting system. You know, he, the, the guys are holding all the hostages yes. at one point. And then he, you know, the Jarvis comes up and pinpoints everybody and takes oh, them out. so cool. Um, but then after that, the, uh, you know, he takes off. And then the uh, the aerial fight with the two jets, the Whiplash 1 and 2. Yeah. It's like, that was a really, I still think that's a really well done scene. Um, I, I probably, I would consider it the best action scene in the movie. Um, but yeah, man, that was, I, I really, watching it again. You know, probably what four or five, six, seven times now. Uh, I still enjoy that scene quite a bit. Oh yeah, like when when he shows up too, and then you you know the the tank shoots a missile at him, and he just dodges yeah. it, and then he looks back and shoots his rocket, and then turns around <laughs> and walks away. Ah, oh, dude, that's so sweet. Yeah, with the the explosion of the background. Yes. Like oh, sad. dude, so cool. cool. Cool guys don't look at explosions. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. He's like, I'm that guy. Yeah, like that was just so cool. And then, yeah, with the two jets, and then he's he's holding on to the underbelly of the plane, you know, and it just. But it was cool though, because like obviously he wasn't he wasn't trying to hurt anybody, and he still ends up helping save that guy who's who's shoot right. wouldn't pull. And um, but even back to Rhodey, I mean, even that's another scene too where you see that relationship between him and Rhodey. Mm-hmm. You see more of the personal side rather than you know Max, like you said earlier, with it being more that military type, you know, the way he played Rhodey. I think in that scene, you saw more of the relationship, the personal side, you know, and right. him, you know, him even screaming to him like, Rody, it's me. Like, it's not a robot. Like, it's me. I'm in the suit. And um, so you kind of got to see that, even that emotion between them. You know, I think for the first time in that movie, because you really didn't feel that early on. It was more of like this business relationship. Like, I'm here to supply weapons to you. You know, you and I just kind of communicate that way. But that was more like a hey, like I'm in the suit. Don't shoot me down, you know. Yeah. But and then what do you guys think? Let me ask you this, because obviously that uh that final scene, you know, where he he declares to the world that I am Iron Man. Uh, you know, I mean, I, up to this point we've had I mean, if you think back to like the Richard Donner seventy seven Superman, 
you know, there's always been dual identities, you know, there's Clark Kent, there's Peter Parker, there's Bruce Wayne, there's, you can't know who I am, you know, I have to protect yeah. you. And then to come out and be like, you know what, we're going to throw all of that away. We're going to throw it, we're going to turn this on its head. I, I think, I remember watching it for the first time and just being blown away because you expect him to learn from his mistakes, which spoilers, Tony doesn't. But, yeah. you know, he's going to stick to the script. He's going to read the cards and just end the end the movie. Uh, but then to come out and just say, you know what, I am Iron Man. And then it just cuts to the credits. Could, because you think, I mean, even like most of the phase one movies, I think, maybe with. There aren't really that many secret identities in the Avengers. I think yeah. everybody knows who Cap yeah. is. Everybody knows who Thor is. I was going to say know. that if you look at your if you look at the Avengers and who the yeah. who the first six are you don't have any secret identities because you have right. Thor, very obvious, Black Widow, very uh, no mask, Hawkeye, no mask, Cap, right. no mask. Like, Iron Man is the only one who is hidden, I guess. So I, I think I, I think it just, it falls, it follows suit. Like, yeah, you guys are out there fighting, like, protecting, and everyone knows who you are. Now, obviously, Iron Man. This movie came before all of the the Battle of New York, but right. I, I just i I think it just I think it follows suit. Like I'm just a man, but I'm here for you. Like I'm here to protect you. And you know, honestly, and, I want I want to be- I don't know I want to believe that, but part of me is also like, when you look at Tony Stark as the character, is it he's, the ego? He's ego driven. Exactly, yeah. he's ego driven. He wants to. He wants people to know who he is. And right. him saying, "I am Iron Man." Yeah, I think it was. There was some genuine, you know, in in his heart with saying that and wanting to protect people, prevent things from Gomera happening again, stuff like that. But I also think it was, "Hey, I'm that guy who's flying above you. That's going to help save your life." Yeah. You know, don't you forget it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and also thing like, "Hey, don't don't cross me. Don't try to come out. Like I I've got this in my back pocket." You know, mm-hmm. if you try to mess with me, this is what's going to happen. Well, I feel like his whole career, like, from making the weapons, like, it's, that's just who he was. Yeah. He, he didn't shy away from being in the spotlight. So I, I think it just, it just follows the character. Yeah. I agree. Now, did you guys like, you know, obviously when he came back, when he got taken back from the Ten Rings, you know, he came back to America, was kind of reinserted back in. Did you guys think they did a good job with that shift? You know, that, that change? Because obviously he came back, you know, he's eating his cheeseburger. He sits in the he's press conference. The he's just sitting there. Yeah. And he's trying to kind of push for more of a peaceful, you know, movement with his company. Did you think they did a good job with that shift? Or do you think it maybe was too harsh? Do you think it was maybe too forced? I, I think it was, it was probably a little too fast. But then again, if you only have like a two hour runtime, yeah, I, I get that they had to do that just to kind of further the plot. Um, I, I think it was serviceable. I don't think it was great. You know, I, I again, I get why they did it. It's you know they have to set up, you know, the the turn from Obadiah and you know that kind of conflict there and kind of leading into the final act. Um, yeah, I, I could take it or leave it, but it, it was fine for what it was. Well, you also, I think, have to remember he had a life, you know, threatening, you know, situation that just happened. 
So I think, you know, if you look at it in the real world, if somebody, you know, had a gun to your head and says, change, you're maybe going to, maybe in that first, you know, week or so, you're going to be like, yep, I'm changing, this is me. But then I think with Tony Stark, I think he really genuinely just kind of was an ego thing. He was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we should we should relax on it. But then I think he understood, oh, I am now, I really am Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man is a symbol of, you know, protecting people. And I think that's kind of where, so I could see maybe it was a little forced, but how they introduced that force was he had a life-threatening situation. He's like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't cause this damage. I yeah. should probably help people, but I still want to make money. But then I think when he said, you know, I am Iron Man, you could see on his face, he knew he is Iron Man. This is it. He has to do this now. He's not Tony. He is Tony Stark still, but he's not Tony Stark from the beginning of the movie. He's Tony Stark as Iron Man. Yeah. And you can also use that as like that if you wanted to counter argue the whole idea of the ego driven, you know, when he says I'm Iron Man, you can say that, well, hey, he made this movement in the middle of the movie where he wanted to push peace, get rid of weapons. You know, he wanted to go full on, like, let's help the world, not continue to supply it to our enemies. And you can also argue that, that, hey, he was he was saying that in a peaceful, you know, genuine way, because obviously he did that in the middle of the movie. So. But he still has a big ego. So for sure. Even for even sure. though he's being peaceful, trust me, he wants people to know. For I sure. Think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess last thing I guess we could really talk about in terms of the movie, I mean, final fight scene. You know, obviously that's a big thing for a lot of movies, you know, hero fights the villain, you know, and, and how how that how the outcome of that happens. Do you guys think, you know, what do you think? Do you think it was a good fight scene? Do you think, you know, the, the tension throughout built to a good end scene i see josh already shaking his head no so (laughs) it's uh i i'll just say this because i I already kind of hinted at it earlier i don't spoilers for future movies that do this uh i'm not a big fan of when the villain is just the mirror image of the hero yeah you'll see it you'll see it in the incredible hulk you'll see it in ant-man and others um i just think it lacks creativity yeah um it's again for what it was it was totally fine but i just think that you know jeff bridges did such a good job in the first two thirds of being this very cunning businessman who again was you know double dealing under the table and he was making you know all these backroom deals with you know the the ten rings and um playing both sides and then he just again he turns into like a wacky cartoonish super villain um yeah so it wasn't Again, it was fine for what it was. I don't think it was great. I, I definitely think there were movies, as we'll go again into this, that do it better. Um, I, it, it was definitely one of those because I mean Jeff Bridges is such a great actor. I mean he's a he's a fantastic actor that you could imagine that if maybe they inserted him into you know phase two or phase three, he could be one of those villains that kind of. Yeah. comes back or they try to find w- different ways to use him in multiple yeah. projects it's just like they didn't really know what they had and they didn't you know this was going to be like a one-off project they didn't know how successful it was going to be etc um so i mean for what it was it was fine but i i actually think uh not to get too far into it i i think the ending for iron man 2 in the the japanese garden whatever with roadie i think 
you know, when you're comparing just Iron Man to Iron Man films, I think that one's so much better than, than the yeah. first one. So for sure. What do you guys think? I, I agree, but I also think that remember this is like the first movie they did. I think they did well. They had to uh and they didn't, you know, have probably the absolute best writers when they were able to do Iron Man 2. And they were like, oh, we do have something. We can now put some more money into it. We can try to reach out a little more because we kind of, we reached out here and it did well. So let's try to, you know, grab this kind of person, this character. And overall, I think it was a great movie. I think even the end, yeah, it had, it was a little cheesy because they had, you know, how they have that. But at the end of the day, he was a good villain, especially in Act 1 and 2. Great villain. And I do think it would be interesting to see him in a bigger arc, but we didn't. But at the end of the day, he was a great villain. I think the movie was great. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I like how at the end, um, I like how Pepper st- stepped up and took like a bigger role in the trying to take down um, Obadiah. Um, and I, I like how I, I like how Tony and Iron Man came came to the rescue, like the the true hero he is. Yeah. Um, he comes and and how Obadiah was like, oh, when his character took a more physical change, and he's like, oh, you're you are now Iron Man. Now I'm going to be bigger and badder, and which I think goes back to the the stereotypical like what Josh was saying, the mirror image of the hero, like I, you're you're big and bad, now I'm just gonna be that much bigger, that much badder, and almost like that David and Goliath where he his suit was just so much larger than Tony's huge, yeah. and maybe too big <laughs> and it was but I, I like I, I, I like in the first the first time we see Iron Man in a true hero sense i i think i think the ending of the 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 ending fight scene i thought it was good it was good for what we had and obviously we've seen better we've seen better uh fight scenes from iron man um but i i think all in all it it capped it capped the first iron man movie pretty well yeah so i mean that was a good breakdown um of the movie um obviously you can go check it out for yourself too um, on a lot of different streaming platforms, but you know, overall, it's a great movie. It's a great kickoff to the MCU. Um, before we kind of move into the last couple of topics we have, but I guess we'll go through and uh, give your rating, give your ranking, and I'm going to keep a running list here, and obviously, I'm going to get a graphic for the actual podcast, so all you out there can see us as we go week by week, and we'll put up a big graphic that has all of our ratings and rankings, so at the end of all this, when we get through all the projects, we each will have our own master list or even we can bring it together as a as a review crew as a whole and have a you know kind of a it's almost an average breakdown i guess list that's all of us put together uh but we'll go through i mean what do you guys think i guess we'll say what out of 10 or do you want to do it on, a, on an a like an s a b c scale how do you want to do it so do you like an eight out of ten you like that i guess yeah, if so like where would you where would you put it austin what would you say i would give I would, I'd give it a a seven two. Okay. Like it was, it was good. Start started off a huge, 
huge universe yeah with mcu um definitely had its flaws had some great moments had some moments that they could have done better um but with it being a movie is starting off this huge franchise not only an iron man franchise but the marvel uh universe itself um i give it a seven two josh uh, I'd probably give it, yeah, somewhere in the seven. I'll just say seven. Uh, okay. To me, when I think about it, uh, for what it's worth, I, I think seven is a good. Eight would be great, you know, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it a seven. I think it was very good. It Again, I think it gets a lot of bonus points, as it should, for kicking off everything. Um, I just wish the third act was stronger. But yeah. with that being said, you know, with it being the first – you know, they didn't really have a template. You know, they were just kind of making it up as they went. Um, I think all of that, you know, combined, um, you know, makes it a good movie. You know, you can't discount, you know, Robert Downey Jr. He embodies that character so well that I think, obviously, the, the whole movie is carried on his back. And I, I think he, he did a, a, a great job. For sure. Max? Give it a 6.8. Okay. And I would probably agree with Josh. I would give it a seven. Like, like everybody has said, I think that it, it did a good job with kicking off the MCU. Definitely had its flaws. I think the actors did a really good job with what they were given. And, mm-hmm. you know, like we've all talked about, there was no plans for a future. You know, they, did, they didn't know. And so all of those actors took a, took a shot in the dark, too, So um, for their careers. And obviously, for all you watching, we have one other member who's not here. His name is Douglas. And this man is like an Iron Man like fanatic, so he probably would have given this movie like an eleven out of ten. Um, yes, but <laughs> uh, which is not right at all. But um, he'll be joining us for the future, and as we get into the other Iron Man projects, and even dive into the other projects that have Iron Man involved, you'll hear him talk about Iron Man a lot because just a little fanboy. So, uh, <laughs> so I'll leave his ranking blank, but we'll get his thoughts on the next. Uh, when we talk about Iron Man next, but we have a few other things we want to talk about, um, which I think Max, you want to kind of talk about a little bit about what this is not as the MCU. Cause obviously we're going to try to do other things that are not just MCU eventually as new projects come out, whether it be, you know, a James Cameron project or um, other big names that, that do come out that we're all interested in reviewing. Um, we, we will get to that as well. We also want to do DC as they come out and as James Gunn begins to put together that entire mess, you know, we, we will hopefully be able to discuss that as well. Um, but we just wanted to talk about a few things and then we're going to play a little game and then uh, we'll go from there. But Yeah, so I can kind of take it over now. So uh, one of the points we want to talk about is what are the highest grossing films of 2022? I think it's uh, 2023 now, so I think that's a great thing to kind of go into. So right now we have... Uh, Top Gun Maverick, and as of it released was May 27th, it made uh, worldwide gross was 1.48 uh, billion, which is incredible. Yeah. But when you think about this, Avatar is second. Avatar came out December 16th, so we're looking at two weeks. Yeah, it has already passed one billion dollars. It's insane. So one one point three billion. So I think it will give it maybe another month, month and a half. It will surpass Top Gun. Oh, uh, for sure! Phenomenal movie. If you guys have not seen it, highly recommend it. Uh, just a great movie. 
And then third was Jurassic World Dominion. It came out June 10th, and it did just over a billion. I forgot that movie came out this year. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go see that one, but I heard I heard good things. I think I I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it wherever it released. I can't. Was it Peacock? Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. a great movie. It's a great movie. I'm a I'm a Jurassic World, you know, fan. Oh, I liked it. Absolutely. So I think it was a great movie. Yeah, and it it did a good job of bringing in the the original trilogy, the the main characters from the original trilogy, and then the main characters from the from the secondary trilogy. And it just did a really, it did a really good job of bringing them together and them having to finally meet and work together to take down the common cause. And you see some new dinosaurs. Um, one thing that I think it was Colin Trevorrow came back for this movie, um, but they wanted to, they want, they, he wanted to focus on the dinosaurs that you wouldn't normally see. Um, the dinosaurs that were, I guess, popular. But and he wanted to depict them the way that scientists are now believing that they would have been, like the raptors and the T Rex that had the feathers. Like That's you don't cool. see that in the original trilogy. Yeah. But they're they're bringing in all these aspects that as they learn new things about these dinosaurs. They wanted to depict them the way that they believe that they really were. That's cool. and it was really cool. That's awesome. It was really cool. I agree. But then talking about kind of like uh quick review for avatar 2 because one of our members josh has not seen the movie yet (laughs) but but it's okay uh but overall fantastic movie i think to not spoil or anything the visuals just alone i you will never see well maybe well just because of technology nowadays but i have never seen a movie that looked that you know is 100 percent cgi is fake real like you know of course they're you know 11 foot blue people but the water scenes yeah the how they interact with each other when they picked up things when they you know just everything they did the facial expressions it was just so well shot and so good you're like oh yeah this is this isn't a documentary this is a movie yeah um uh and that and that was really cool and then just seeing you know the different um little kind of story arcs between the relationships between um, his kids and the wife and learning about, you know, how they have to in different tribes. I think they did that excellent. You know, they are different than the water tribe. And that's not spoiling anything that's in the trailer. (laughs) But, you know, it's cool to see, like, you know, in the beginning, it's hard for them to adapt, but then they learn. And I think, uh, you know, that's a lot. And just like if you, you know, move to a different school for a kid, you know, to me, I think they made it, they did it extremely well for not being, you know, a real, it's all made up. Yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, and it was, what, a th- three hour? Three hours, movie. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Yeah. I don't think I ever felt like it was a three hour. No, movie. not at all. Like, there's there's movies that I've watched that are two and a half hours, and I'm like, I feel like that was about five hours right yeah. there. Yeah. And then there's other movies like this that, oh, that was three hours? Well done. Yeah. It was it was always there was something coming up. It was it just played very well to the old movie. It had you know I I definitely like that. Um, but I'm excited to see you know Avatar three and four and when those come out. I think it's a going to be a really interesting story arc for sure. And I think they did a really good job of spanning that time jump because what what's it mm-hmm. been twelve it was, 15, it was ten years I think right. 
Yeah, since was, yeah. yeah, since since Avatar one. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they did I think they did a great job of continuing the story and not making it confusing. Yeah, for because sure. Because I, I feel like if you went and saw Avatar two without seeing the first one, I don't know why you would. There might be a little confusion. But you can pick the story up quick. It, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it kind of gives you a little bit of a recap in the beginning sure. where it's it's telling, it's showing you what happened in that ten year gap. Yeah. And I I, I think they and they even throughout the movie they set up they, they reference things from the past and they they're setting up the future. So I think they have a very bright future. For and sure. I'm excited to see I'm excited to see what happens. Because they have they have plans for what, five movies? Yeah. Plans right now for five. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, so, even crazy about the financials too. I saw a video the other day that said that they did they're now, I think, number two now on the list for the fastest movie to hit a billion dollars. They did it in two weeks. Number one, yeah. which I don't think will ever be broken, which we'll get to, is Endgame. They did it in five days. So, well, I don't think that's ever going to be touched. But, you know, still, two weeks to hit a billion dollars. I mean, that's insane. You know. Do you think a future MCU project? I know we have these big movies coming up. I don't think so. I agree with Josh. I agree with Josh. I don't. I don't think so. I, I think, think that Endgame was such a, a a time and place. Like it was just a perfect storm of everything yeah um, it was what it was movie number 22 in the MCU. So. yeah something like yep. that yeah i think no way i think uh far from home was 23 yeah i think you're right um yeah. so i, I mean you have you have 21 movies leading up to that right i don't yeah. think and i think the characters think man like we that. we yeah. connected yeah. with those characters and i don't think people are connecting as much which again we'll get to i don't think people are connecting as much with some of the newer characters which i think right. is why you know secret wars and and Kane Dynasty and stuff like that in the future. I don't know if it's going to have. It's going to be a big movie. It's going to do a lot of money. I just don't think it'll do. Like, I, I think about my brother. You know, he we were talking last night, uh, New Year's Eve, about Avatar. He doesn't want to go see it because he thinks of three-hour-long movies and he just thinks about falling asleep. But he talked about Endgame. And he said that was the greatest movie experience he'd ever gone to. And he's not a huge Marvel fan. He doesn't watch yeah. everything avidly. He doesn't review comics. He's not going to do something like this with us. But... You know, he's just more of a, of a regular. You think about a lot of those regulars that go buy tickets, go see movies. That's the audience that you've got to pull into as well. And I think that's why Endgame did so well is because they did such a good job at connecting all that, which we'll get to. But, you know. It's just... Well, a fun fact, a little question, a little poll. Each of you, how many times did we see Endgame in theaters? I only saw it twice. I saw it twice, twice? as well in theater, yeah. I went every five the first five days because every room all my roommates wanted to see it and then other friends i went every single yeah. day for i think five days straight i think i i saw it at least three times in theaters yeah so it's like it's, it's people like mac who are who are feeding into it yep. you said the first five days yep i oh, absolutely and in game broke that record yep. in five days you said yep so it is amazing it's super, it's super fans. Yeah. yep yep it is it's amazing i loved it yeah. absolutely fantastic movie so well, then it, mm-hmm. yeah obviously obviously josh is the exception since he hasn't seen avatar yet but i i know for myself these big movies especially marvel movies it's opening night like i i almost refuse to not see it on opening night i will clear my schedule yeah although i am scheduling far enough in advance like opening night i will be there i will be in that seat yeah. and 
you guys are sitting right there beside me because we are the fans. We are, this is, this is our passion. And Absolutely. so. So then to kind of wrap up a few things, I was thinking, uh, you know, looking, uh, the movies we're looking forward to for 2023, my top, I think I would say like two or three, I think Creed 3 looks really good. Yeah. I think John Wick 4, Chapter 4, I think that's going to be absolutely phenomenal. And I'm going to say uh, Ant-Man and the Quantum Realm. I I feel like, you know, I could be wrong because we've thought about, you know, Thor Love and Thunder, uh, Doctor Strange 2. I think this movie will really do well. Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be uh, kind of go back to the older... Uh, Marvel kind of pre Endgame, I think, I, and I could be completely wrong, but you heard it first. I think it's going to just be a fun movie. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? And oh, you know what? I'm going to add Spider Man across the or across the Spider Verse. Yeah, I think that's going to be a phenomenal. The first one was just great, just awesome. Yeah, I think the I think the first Spider Verse movie really shocked people. Yeah, I think people people went into it thinking, okay, it's just an animated Spider Man movie, but it. It it broke records, didn't it? Yeah. It did really good, especially for an animated movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I think for me, all, I, I mean, think... All those movies, ahead. I'm excited. I'm excited for all those movies you just named off. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll admit, I've I've not watched... I'm not caught up on the John Wick movies, but I've heard there's they're fantastic. Yeah. Get, so, they are they very get better good. every movie. Yeah. And that is, good. And that is almost impossible. They're yeah. phenomenal. I think the most the one I'm the more excited about, even on those, I think I'm really excited for Guardians. I think Guardians three is going to be really yeah. good. I think it's going to be very it's emotional. Be yeah, I think it's going to be emotional, and I think it's going to be a fun little roller coaster to be on. I agree absolutely. Josh, you got one that you're most excited about? Um, that I'm most excited any of the any of the Marvel movies. Honestly, yeah, I'm excited. I think that Phase four which just ended with Wakanda forever. I guess it will technically the guardian special, but I think it uh, was not what a lot of people were looking for post end game. Yeah. And I think it obviously it dragged on uh, mostly because of COVID, which you couldn't really help, but I think it was just a lot of, um, uh, it just seemed to drag on. It, it, it seemed very up until the last probably year. It was, it seemed kind of directionless. You didn't really know mm. where it was going. Now we understand kind of where we're we're aiming towards uh, with the multiverse. But um, I think Phase Five is going to. At least my hope is that Phase Five is really going to bring it back to what we think of when we think of the MCU. It's going to have yeah. a really focused direction. It's going to have you know conclusions to a lot of stories, whether it's you know presumably Ant Man, Guardians Three, uh, and the like. Um, so I'm just excited to see what Kevin Feige and crew have in store, um, you know, to kick off uh, Phase 5. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that brings us to our uh, last little segment. This is more of like a little fun thing. Let's quick little discussion, which I think Austin has it for us, which is our, uh, what we're going to call our hero versus hero or hero versus villain uh, it doesn't have to just be single universe. It can be anything kind of us a little debate about, you know, we pin these two guys against each other. What's going to happen? You know, who's going to win? So I have an interesting one. Um, since we are going to be diving into the Incredible Hulk, um, 
let's take the MCU Mark Ruffalo Hulk versus the Edward Norton Jr. Incredible Hulk. Like that. One v one. Who do you guys think wins? Edward Norton Hulk. Are we taking? I would have to agree. Are we taking Mark Ruffalo like like Avengers like that? The like the, Phase One or Phase you, One Hulk? I mean, you could take any any version of the Hulk that we <sighs> see. It could it could be has... it could be Avengers. It could be Age of Ultron two when Wanda takes over his mind. It could be Mark Ruffalo uh, with the Infinity Gauntlet. He wins. <laughs> well, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know. We got Smart Hulk, yeah, like Professor Hulk. I, I think, uh, I think the only, on a, personally, on a I think the, I think the only two versions that beat Edward Norton are Ragnarok, Ragnarok yeah. Hulk, and maybe. Maybe Avengers Hulk, but even then, I'm not 100 percent sure about. Yeah, I still think I'd go uh, Edward Norton. I think he wins yeah, that fight. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what. Yeah, yeah, that's what I liked. I liked about that that um, that version of the Hulk is like it was almost true to the character. Yeah, like the angrier he gets, the stronger he gets. Yeah, right. and I think the only time we've seen that before was with back in the day with the Eric Banner Hulk. The the Hulk that almost looked like he was made out of clay. Yeah, right. But like the angrier he, the angrier he gets, the greener he gets. Yeah, and the stronger he gets. And I feel like that's that's not something that we've seen in the MCU. No. And I'm hoping I'm hoping leading, like going into the future, we see the we see the stronger, the darker side of the Hulk where he's like he loses Natasha. We've seen that. No spoiler. And he lo- he starts losing things. And he's trying to figure out where where do I go next? And I hope I hope we see him not not lose more, but like figure out the the stronger the the world breaker side of the Hulk. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I hope so too. I hope they really do. That'd be awesome. But everybody, that kind of closes our first episode. So we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you. Like Josh said, um, this will be going up on everything. Uh, so you can tune in to whether you want to listen to the audio. Check us out on the YouTube, uh, which will be posted. Um, and all of these kind of raw, unedited will be going on there. Um, and then we'll make sure to have everything posted on Spotify um, and even Apple Music so that you're able to listen in. Going into next week, like Austin alluded to, we're going to continue to move through the theatrical order. So We'll be going right into the Incredible Hulk and diving into Edward Norton and how he did and, and his performance and whatnot uh, will be discussed next week and begin to kind of move forward from there. Um, kind of our closing thought this week. What are your thoughts on Iron Man? You know, did you enjoy it? Do you think the MCU did a great job with kicking off where they're going to go and what they're going to do with it? Um, and then second to that, Austin's hero versus hero. You know, what's your pick? Do you pick Edward Norton or do you pick Mark Ruffalo? To, to win your Hulk battle. Um, but that concludes our first episode for the review crew. We appreciate you listening. Have a great start to your 2023. All right, guys, take care. Appreciate you watching again, like subscribe, thumbs up, all the good stuff. Um, and until next time, everybody have a marvelous day. Excelsior. Haha. <laughs> See you later guys. <laughs>